Welcome to I Wrote This News. Today is Monday, March 7, 2022. What could make things worse than the troubles in Ukraine? A big dose of news about former president and reality-repellent Donald Trump. Buckle up and hold your noses. Here we go. Today's headline, DeSantis needs to start getting crazy and breaking laws if he wants to be president. The right-wing attorney who authored coup memos for Donald Trump and supporters on how to scuttle the presidential election lost a court battle Friday to hold back his documents from the House Select Committee investigating last year's January 6th insurrection. Lawyer and Kamala Harris denier John Eastman claimed the situation had turned him into a quote, pseudo-defense attorney for the former president, in which case the emails would be protected by attorney-client privilege. Eastman warned in his civil suit that granting the committee access to his emails involving the former president could amount to a historic legal finding that Trump may have committed a crime while he was a sitting president. Uh, duh. The committee argued Wednesday that Eastman's records are indeed likely to show evidence of multiple crimes committed by both him and Trump, which would thereby trigger the crime-fraud exception to attorney-client privilege. In other words, both sides seem to agree that the emails will show that Trump was involved in illegal shenanigans. They only disagree about whether his so-called pseudo-attorney broke the law as well. In related news, a legal brief filed by lawyers for the House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol makes the case that Trump knowingly misled his followers about the election and pressured Pence to break the law in weeks and hours before the assault. Specifically, a data expert for former President Donald Trump's campaign told him bluntly not long after polls closed in November 2020 that he was definitely going to lose his campaign for re-election, and multiple top officials at the Justice Department informed Trump that they had closely examined allegations of fraud that were being circulated by Trump's close allies, and had found them simply untrue. Much of the case, however, depends on whether facts and evidence penetrated Trump's anti-reality force field. That's really unlikely based on past experience. Here's Trump explaining how to get rid of the coronavirus. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. And here's Trump explaining how he must have won the 2020 presidential election because he beat his past self from 2016. I got 75 million votes. I got 12 million more, more than any other sitting president ever by far, not even close. Usually they get less, like Obama got less his second time. But I got 12 million more, a record. And here's Trump telling Santa Claus what he wanted for Christmas in 2020. I just want to find 11,780 votes. In other words, Trump appears to be sufficiently disconnected from reality that he could plausibly argue that he genuinely believes that he won the 2020 election, and that means he's unlikely to be convicted of knowingly misleading his followers. In the most recent YouGov poll on the likely outcome of the 2024 Republican primary, Trump clobbers his next closest competitor, Florida governor and fire hydrant stand in Ron DeSantis by about 20 percentage points. March 7th is the 66th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. 299 days remain until the end of the year. Now it's time for On This Date in History. On this date in 1965, 
a group of 600 civil rights marchers is brutally attacked by state and local police in Selma, Alabama. The march was the first of three, and it began on March 7th, a Sunday. The first march was organized locally by James Bevel, Amelia Boynton, and others. State troopers and county posse men attacked the unarmed marchers with billy clubs and tear gas after they passed over the county line and the event became known as Bloody Sunday. Law enforcement beat Boynton unconscious, and the media publicized worldwide a picture of her lying wounded on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. The marches were organized by nonviolent activists to demonstrate the desire of African-American citizens to exercise their constitutional right to vote. In defiance of segregationist repression, they were part of a broader voting rights movement underway in Selma and throughout the American South. By highlighting racial injustice, they contributed to passage that year of the Voting Rights Act a landmark federal achievement of the civil rights movement. Celebrating birthdays today are American professional race car driver, Janet Guthrie. She was the first woman to qualify and compete in both the Indianapolis 500 and the Daytona 500, actor Daniel Traventi. Explorer Ran Fiennes, footballer Franco Harris, musician Ernie Isley, footballer Lynn Swan, actor Brian Cranston, tennis star Yvonne Lendl, author Brett Easton Ellis, comedian Wanda Sykes, actor Peter Sarsgaard, actress Jenna Fisher, actress Laura Prepon, poet Amanda Gorman, and Welsh darts player Jerwin Price. Happy birthday to all of them, and if your birthday is today, a very happy birthday to you as well. By the way, if you or someone you know is having a birthday and would like us to announce it on the show, leave us a voice message or send an email. The links are in the show notes. Today's news was brought to us by Washington Post, 538, Yahoo News, and the website with its virtual feet firmly planted in reality. Wikipedia. If you have a comment or a question about anything you've heard today, or if you have a suggestion, please send us a note at I wrote this news, all one word, at thatradioshow.com. That email address one more time is I wrote this news, all one word, at thatradioshow.com. One more thing, if this podcast sounds a little funny, that's because it's also an experiment. All of the vocals were generated using AI technology. Hopefully the show will sound different and better as the tech improves and as we improve at using it. I'm Bob Meese, hoping you have an amazing day. We'll get together again soon.